Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of family and children's discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. All right, Tony. Well, it is good to be back with you. Uh, how have you been, my friend? Busy, but doing well. That gearing up for the fall to start up. Uh, a lot of activities with that, especially for our youth group. So, and uh, been an exciting, but uh, busy time at our church. So we're officially launching our Area 51 youth group under the new name, more officially next Wednesday, as, as of the recording of this podcast. Nice. So are you going to have like a big alien uh, mannequin thing out there or now, but UFOs we, or something? No, we will have some uh, space-themed games as well as a costume contest. And if you uh, win certain things, you can get uh, some pretty cool alien-based things, including one of my favorite uh, kids' movie, uh, that family movies that is alien-based, The Iron Giant. So that will be some pretty exciting and get some milky ways and some kids' systems. So. Nice. Okay, so no like Alien vs. Predator or anything like that? Nah, not quite. So not th- <laughs> Independence Day. Uh, although we might get, you know, some of those old Area 51 tapes of the alien dissections, you know. We might play some of those <laughs> during it. Oh, nice. Well, I hope that goes well. I, do, I like the, the concept behind that, so I uh, hope the Lord blesses that. Yeah. So... Today, um, we want to get talk- – you're talking about the busyness of your church. I think a lot of people are busy. And so we want to get into a conversation about that. Most people I know think that they're either busy or too busy. What about you? I would definitely say I'm busy, especially this season with the fall kicking off. How about you, Ben? Uh, yes, yes. Busy with – we've got our fall stuff getting going here, and um, we've got a family conference coming up in about a month, so we're trying to prepare for that. We're in the process of uh, buying a house, and then we started homeschooling this year, so, you know, we <laughs> got a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Um, so would you say that families in general, you know, in general, are they too busy? I would say yes. First of all, I would say definitely we are too busy. The and I think that we've been too busy uh, for a long time. Uh, so, do you think that we're too busy? I would say yes, uh, probably to almost definitely. Do you think it's different? You said it's been that way for a long time. Uh, about when do you? Or, I mean, I guess do you think it's different from other eras or? Yeah, so it feels like it certainly, uh, and uh, the I've did some studies uh, online as well as some as well as some kind of scholarly papers in preparation for this. And so, an interesting thing is more Americans than ever say that they're too busy than have ever been, but at the same time, on average, Americans work less than they did for household 
uh, and then in years, decades past. Uh, one thing that is also significant is Americans uh, dedicated a lot less time to things like chores than they ever did, largely from technology's sake. And even childcare, uh, even taking care of their own children, they dedicate less time to. Yet, uh, we say that we're busy in a way that we didn't say before. And I think the reason why that's the case is because of what uh, sociologists call the irony of options. Uh, so I think that people feel really busy because nowadays, in a way that wasn't the case in the past, we feel that we have to do all of these kinds of things that would have been seen uh, 50 years ago as options that most people didn't have. You know, we feel that we got to get to the gym today, uh, whereas most people never would have. We feel that we've got to get our kids and to these four different extracurriculars uh, that nobody did generations before. Or even, you know, we have to catch up on these six shows that we really like in ways that people, frankly, didn't watch that kind of stuff. So I think psychologically, we feel really busy because of all the things that we can do, all the things that those around us expect us to do. Uh, but so, and I think there's a legitimacy to that, but we're technically not more busy uh, than before. I think we're just kind of stuck in this 21st century version of the rat race. I think that's good insight. Um, that, yeah, with the the luxuries and opportunities that we have now, and people try to fill fill that time with different kinds of things that aren't necessarily requirements. Um, so, why do you think that? You kind of touched on this, but it can maybe expand. Why do you think that families so often pack their schedules so full? Yeah. So I think that they feel they have uh, to schedule their uh, – that uh, pack their schedules so full uh, for their kids' success. They feel that if their kid isn't enrolled in this, that, and the other thing, that they either won't experience personal success and enjoyment in their life, or more significantly, I think for most parents, they think if they don't enroll their families in all of these things, that their child won't have future success, won't get That's kind of ahead. And, and we know that the, the biggest goal in parenting is that we have children who are happy. I know. So. <laughs> but I think further, probably, um, I think we can be so much more individualistic than we used to be. I think that's another thing that studies seem to show. So... Uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of adults will spend time in their own personal hobbies, their own personal interests, uh, separate from their families in a way that really crowds out schedules. Uh, another thing I'll add here the is we have hugely long commutes. Uh, Maryland has the highest average commute of any state in the country. Uh, we have people that uh, I know in our area that have two-hour commutes each way, you know, one one way two hours, another way the way home two hours. And I think that going makes to DC? Insane. Oh yeah, yeah. For even further than DC sometimes. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I think those things definitely are play. Um, yeah, the the fear. I think too. We don't think that we, we've got to avoid boredom, especially for our kids. Um, when boredom can be a good thing. And so you know the materialistic mindset as well. We've got to make more money. Got to make more money. Um, so then we can provide these things for our kids on these nice vacations and. I think in some ways taken good things and made them absolute things that well, we've got to do that. Well, cause, because the, you know, everybody we know, this is how they do their schedule and fill their time. And so, I mean, that's just uh, so often our values get um, 
shaped by the culture that we're in. And that's whether we live in America or England or Zimbabwe or whatever. Um, you know, we are not immune to that, but the, the culture shapes what we're doing rather than, you know, the word of God, if we're not careful. I think it's a, it's a really important point. I think so much of our schedule is shaped by the cultural values around us. Yeah, and you hit the you hit on this little earlier, but you said something about what it, people expect us to do, and then we become slaves to those expectations because yeah. we fear of you know people thinking we're weirdos or something. I want I you know I will add to one thing I did think about in the moment that I think also drives some of this is there's such a fear of missing out I think today and maybe <laughs> it was just as much in the past than it was today but you know even I mean you see movie trailers for Avengers Infinity War for example and I, I remember seeing a couple weeks after trying to get people to still go to the theater and they'd advertise you know you don't want to miss out on uh, on this movie event you can't miss out on this you know it's such a iconic mo- movement in our society moment in our society and and when even uh, superhero movies are things you can't miss out on you know there's just way too much right yeah creating urgency over kind of <laughs> trivial things um i did see that movie opening weekend so i'm a bit of a hypocrite though so it's good you did not miss out <laughs> i did not, not lose out um so what kind of things often get pushed out in a lot of families too crowded i mean yeah. something's got to give yeah um i think a lot of really good things get pushed out uh one that's very overtly shown and even uh the article that i cited earlier in the atlantic i talked a lot about that as family dinner gets uh gets crushed out gets pushed out of the schedule a lot and i think with it family worship uh, gets pushed out so i know a lot of people that would like to do family worship or family devotions of some kind and just say you know we don't we don't have we don't eat meals together we don't you know we're never all together as a family maybe once a week we are uh, you know i've interacted with people that say the only time that they're all together as a family is on the way to church on sunday mornings and so i think we crush out any opportunity for that kind of discipleship but even then church you know i think um i know i know of many individuals uh, that are Christians that uh, will miss out on church on Sunday mornings because of their kids' uh, sporting events or because of, you know, even academic events or, or other family affairs that they feel that they have to get done. Uh, so I think church attendance is way down in summers, for example, because of the busyness of summers. Yeah, I mean, you could almost say that some of the most important things get pushed out when we're pursuing these other things that aren't bad, usually in and of themselves, but if they've been raised up on a pedestal and made too important, then yeah, things like spending time together as a family eating, which it just seems like a normal thing, um, but it has a lot of value. I mean, and I'm sure you've seen studies that have shown the the huge value in that over time. And I was doing some research recently, and the it's like the you know travel bureau or whatever of the city of Anaheim did a study, and they found that that families reported having during weekdays about 37 minutes of what they consider to be quality time. To me, that seems low. You know, I don't know where they were polling people, if it was just Anaheim or what. I would think it was outside of that. Uh, And then on the weekends, it was more like two hours and 40 minutes. But anyway, I I was looking at that in comparison to how much time a church had. Church still has a lot less time with the kids. But uh, I thought, man, 37 minutes, like that, that's – 
that's really suffering. That that's gonna not be good for the family. And you said the spiritual priorities. Yes, those those will fall by the wayside. Thirty-seven um, minutes. That's that's almost even more minutes than the Orioles are winning a baseball game in a given week. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, maybe next year, man. Maybe next year. <laughs> the Braves are, I think, going to make the playoffs, but I don't know that they're going to how well they're going to fare. Hey, the Orioles are in competition. I mean, Chris Davis could finish off the season with the worst season in all of Major League Baseball recorded history. So, you know, that's a competition, I guess. I don't. Well, you know, a couple years ago, uh, one of the Upton brothers, you know, he was, <laughs> was giving a run for this money, but. <clears throat> So, Tony, is this really a theological issue, not just a practical issue when it comes to busyness? No. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I think definitely, absolutely. Rest is such an important thing in Scripture. Rest is a concept that goes back to creation, uh, this kind of uh, response of busyness. And it goes to the Ten Commandments. Uh, I mean, one of the Ten Commandments is, is to give time specifically to rest, to rest from your busyness and your labors. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations of that, especially from our Presbyterian brothers uh, and sisters that might be listening to this. Uh, but even we as good Baptists will probably hold to that, so, you know, more we rest in Christ. But nonetheless, there's still a principle we are commanded to rest, to take time to rest, to be with our families and rest, to to rest and, and enjoy the Lord rather than just be constantly busy and act uh, and add things upon things or schedule. Further, I think the character of God, I mean, God rested on the seventh day. If God rested and we are guilty of a kind of idolatry if we think that we need to do more than what God did, that uh, we, if we think we can't rest when God himself rested. Then uh, I also think further when we're really, really busy, we're seeing our stuff and our time as things that we own rather than gifts from God. And so when we understand that, we see that rest very much is a theological issue. Those are some good points. Um, yeah, to, to tell, to basically say that uh, we need to work more than God is a, a very high form of arrogance. So talking about our our you know, Baptist roots here. Some of our Baptist brethren who've gone before said that the the Lord's Day should be a day of resting from worldly employments, works of necessity and mercy only accepted. That's the the abstract of principles, which is the statement of faith of a couple seminaries and some churches and things like that. But um, but yeah, I mean, Christians have a long history of observing the Lord's Day. And some I'm thinking that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. Um, but like you said, it's built into creation. Um, so it is theological. And I think it also it can expose our idolatries. And, and you were um, on that. Uh, and it's teaching our kids to do the same thing. And so, you know, we have to ask ourselves, we have a limited amount of time in life. What are we magnifying with our mm-hmm. time? So, Tony, what do our scheduling and activity decisions reveal about our priorities and what we love? It definitely reveals that they're not exceptional. (laughs) So, uh, unfortunately, it says a really negative thing about the church. I think it shows that that how how we make these decisions 
uh, we see that you value what you sacrifice to get. Uh, so, you know, it's actually interesting, and I think a good comparison is the history of American politics. I've been kind of obsessed uh, with the early American uh, political process lately, especially in Alexander Back Hamilton. when they shot each Oh, exactly. Back when they shot each other and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that happened was politic politicians very early on were much more willing to compromise. They gave up on things that they valued to get what they valued more and we see that as a negative but we all do that like it or not uh, at least they admitted it and I think the same thing with our time I think we are called to have that kind of political mentality of sacrifice what's important but lesser important for that which is of utmost importance when we don't do that rightly we show that we don't value what we should value rightly and i think how we're choosing to use our time shows that we value success over holiness and the american church so often when we give up things like family worship we give up family dinner for the success of our child to be able to be in all these programs so that they can get all these scholarships we think it's more important that they succeed than that they spiritually grow. Uh, we, I think, also value entertainment over bonding. Uh, you know, so sometimes it's not you know getting ahead, but it's you know our our youth wants to be and uh, be out and about with their friends every night of the week, and uh, we want them to feel that they're enjoying all of their life. And I think we're valuing entertainment over bonding. Uh, that. Uh, I think further, and this is really relevant around here, uh, for those who often have really big commutes, and that's a common thing, and so much so that there's no time for family or anything like that. I, I want to ask you, sometimes are we around here uh, trusting in the security our commute gets us, the amount of property, the amount of possessions that our commute gets us, over the more important thing that can be time with your kids, even if it means compromising on what we own? That's a poignant question, and yeah, I mean, around here, we don't have the same level of commutes for a lot of people. I mean, we have some who may have about a 45 minute to an hour, So, but we don't have the same. I mean, you, you're close to D.C., and, and you know, there's a lot going on there, but um, just that that question about our possessions and, and where our hope is finally staked, and I think, I mean, it just shows ultimately what we worship, what we think will save us, what will save our kids. I think, yeah, you, you pose some excellent insight into that. So many people are just, you know, painfully aware that they are too busy. Um, they feel it, the stress that comes from it, but they remain just as busy. Why do you think that is so? Or what, what have you observed to be in, in the case in those kind of situations? Yeah. Uh, maybe they just don't listen to Theological Family Ministry podcast enough. I'm kidding. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> exactly. I One thing I want to say first is that sometimes busyness for a season is just a reality. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so, and I especially, I think we do see that sometimes around here. And, and just sometimes, even in a career, you know, uh, the and it's just unavoidable. And there are times in which things, even in ministry, things can be really crazy and you just have to endure that for a time. And there's really, you know, these and these calls of rest, I think, need to understand that. But I think more often than not, I think the reason why people remain just as busy is people do want rest. 
but they don't want that as much as they want other things as much as they want things like the success of their kids as much as they want uh, the these kind of options and this kind of worldly success uh, and I think that they haven't bought uh, they have bought into the lie that they can control their destiny by adding this or that thing to their life mm. I think that's a good point that, that you made at the beginning um, that sometimes it is inevitable and it's it's not always bad and sinful and wrong. Um, there's sometimes these obligations that we have to fulfill. Um, I think for some people, they don't know how to make the changes. I think for other people, they're not willing to make the changes. Um, and, and that they or we, put myself in there, are not finally convinced that they shouldn't be that busy or that they um, – that they should have to make those difficult changes. Like back to what you said about the, the material stuff, the property that we can own and the possessions we can have. I'm not finally convinced that I shouldn't pursue those things uh, like I am. And so I'm just going to keep on. So what are some steps that families that, uh, that want to get out of the rat race um, that they can take to help make some course corrections to not be quite so busy and, and try to value the things that are most valuable? So I want to end this site to talk about a talk from Jen Wilkin. I remember uh, Jen Wilkin had a talk at uh, Gospel Christian Women's Conference, I believe it was, uh, on raising alien children. It influenced a lot of what I've done, a lot of different things. And Jen Wilkin is a great resource. Uh, but she talked about uh, one practical step to combat busyness in that message. And she said that for her family, they decided when life just got too crazy with busyness, uh, that they, were, they told their kids that you were limited to one extracurricular per kid. And if you add extracurricular, you got to get rid of something else. And that really opened up their schedule. And I don't want to be, I mean, the Bible doesn't say that you can only do soccer and not basketball, you know, or basketball, not soccer. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to be a commanding things that the Bible doesn't command, but I think that's a good principle. I think making decisions like that, as well as, you know, protecting certain times. And to the family worship, we've talked about that before. So uh, Joel Beek, uh, he wrote a book in family worship, a little book. And he talked about how he required his family members, he'd have certain times where he's doing family worship, and he told his family, you can't add anything to that. You know, you can't, you, that you're expected to be consistent with this. And, you know, if you add an activity that, you know, that's going to be a problem and you're going to have to give up on certain practice times or whatever. And so, you know, he was rigid on that, not because he didn't love his kids, but because he did love his kids. Uh, you know, and I think... Uh, another way that we can do it is simply downsize your life. Uh, so, you know, I think there are a lot of cases where families maybe don't need to be two-income families that choose to be. I'm not saying that it's wrong to be two-income. I think there are cases in which it's, it's a wise idea. But maybe there are times in which you've created so much busyness because you've decided not to downsize your expectations, not to downsize your life, and maybe it would be wise to do that. Hmm. And you're uh, you're putting some good stuff out there, but some hard decisions that people, if they were really serious about it, some hard decisions that they would have to make. I think you pray for God's wisdom and His grace, and then you take action in faith from there, uh, and being willing to, I mean, what you were saying, learn to say no. And I, I've heard Timothy Paul Jones, Jones I think I, it was him, talk about this, but 
family worship time, something like that. But actually, like, put it on your calendar. Um, even if you need a reminder, it's okay, it's, it's such and such day. And I think he advocates people at least taking once a week. Um, I know, you know, there, there's no law on that yeah. in scripture, but I'd say once a week is a good, good place to at least start. Yeah. Um, but just put that on the calendar. Oh, ding, it's, oh, hey, in 30 minutes, it's time for family worship, or whatever. And so just make that a standing appointment. I mean, that's a simple thing. Even if you take five minutes or 10 minutes, I, I think everybody can do that. I don't think they they don't have a five minute margin um, in their week. Now we may say we don't, but we do. Um, and then just at, being honest with ourselves, asking what are our priorities, um, and, and then questions, and then look at our calendar and say, well, what does that reveal about what my priorities really are? And then you know evaluate it from there. Say, are these guys' priorities or the world's priorities? And um, and being willing to make cuts, um, like you said, um, that's. And that's hard, especially when, when it affects the bottom line. Yeah. Um, so how can families incorporate um, or reshape activities that will push them towards godliness? I think one thing that practically that we can do and one thing that I've com- I'm convicted myself on is uh, I think we need to put limits on use of our phones. Uh, so I think so much of our busyness today also is busyness from the phone. Uh, and there's been some studies that show that especially the ac- quick access to social media is causes people to get really stressed out sometimes. Uh, mm. And so I think a, a, an activity that we could do is, you know, and that I'm going to try to do, Lord willing, is, is, you know, put down your phone when you get home. Uh, but uh, And I think that's one very practical way that we can do it. I think... Uh, the another way is again to set these kind of rules like I've talked about about you know you can't that we're not going to allow you to you know be in six different extracurriculars we're not going to allow you be in a certain sport if it means we went to church on Sundays uh, you know you'll just have to be cut out and we love you and I'm sorry that has to be that way but it's for your good and I want to ask for the parent you know that's kid is in football that causes them to miss a church on a Sunday uh, in a league or causes them to not be able to do family worship is it legitimately worth it for you and i suspect deep down in your heart of hearts you'll say no it's not Mm-hmm. no that's uh yeah you're, you're posing some hard questions that people have to answer i think being willing to tell the kids no like you said and, and just to stand up we're not going to do this yeah, I think, and there are small ways, even using your time in the car. And I mean, I don't think either one of us say you just need to cut out every extracurricular activity or whatever. Um, those can be gifts from the Lord and, and a lot of benefit to them. But use the time that you have in the car instead of just everybody's sitting there playing on a phone. Use that time for good conversation or even listening to things that are going to point you to the Lord. Using time while you eat, even if you don't happen to eat dinner at the family table, like if, if you're out at a restaurant or something like that, um, using some of that time and, and and taking the opportunity from the extracurricular activities that people may be involved in to to then kind of connect dots in their lives and their heart, what that revealed about their heart and point them to the Lord. So can churches be hurtful to this when it comes to creating busyness for families? Absolutely, 100%. I've known of a church situation uh, where it they created so many children's programs that there was an implicit expectation 
expectation to be a good church member that you take your kids out to to the church for activities, drop them off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and sometimes Friday. And, uh, I mean, that is disastrous, I think, of family unity, of family discipleship, and it creates more of this rat race mentality uh, just because we feel that we need to um, control their time. And I think, you know, I'll even add there are things that are really good. I think having Wednesday night programs are a really good thing for churches to do. I think it's beneficial. I love the idea that we have youth group on a Wednesday night, uh, and I encourage people to come out to it. But... I can't expect people to, and I can't command people to, or see it as more important, or even on par as important as it is for Sunday morning. You know, I if the Bible never commands you come here for youth group, <coughs> or that you go to Awana on Wednesday night, but it does command you go to go to church, and it does command you have family worship. And if you have to compromise something even as important as Wednesday night so that you can have that consistent time of discipleship in the family, you just do it. And churches can't look down upon that. Uh, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not the Lord's Day and then the Lord's half day or, you know, midweek day. <laughs> the Lord's um, Day B. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if we have any, you know, like half sabbatarians or whatever, but... Um, but no, I, there there can be benefit to those midweek services, and and pretty much every church I've ever been a part of had something like that. Um, I don't know if it was always for super well thought out or not, but they did serve a purpose, and and pe- the church was built up through it. And I think the churches can just overbook and then give the ex- expectation and the impression that in order to be faithful, you got to be here. Um, and then what we end up doing is not equipping people to do the work of the ministry when they're away from the church, which is where they spend the majority of their time or where they ought to spend you know, the majority of their time. And so then it uh, just creates a lot of problems. Um, I, I was reading an article recently, this guy who uh, seems to have some influence in uh, ministry circles, and he was talking about the things that elements that needed to be present in a ministry to kids to make it successful. And one of the things he said was he was addressing this. Now, he went a little further and was saying that we basically we shouldn't even put the expectation on parents that they should be there weekly. Um, now, I agree on a Wednesday night. Now, I think we, we should have the legitimate expectation um, that they're there on Sundays uh, as much as possible. And I understand if you have to take a trip or something or somebody's sick, but um, he was just saying, yeah, we don't need to have that expectation because people are busy. And so we just sort of bow down. The impression I got was bow down to the idol of what they got going on uh, and just not put that pressure on them. So I don't think go quite like that. But so how can churches, since churches can be hurtful, how can churches help when it comes to how busy the families are? Yeah, I think one thing overtly, we need to look at our calendars and we need to stop the mentality that so many churches have of just adding thing upon thing upon thing. And one th- and this is one thing, you know, we had a previous discussion about the importance of relationship with a wonderful guest. And uh, that was, I think we talked some about that, but I mean to further state that. So I, I like Mark Dever a lot, as most people would know. I think Ben and I both do. And I was listening to a talk and that he had and somebody asked a question. 
about uh, how how he should handle when his church expects uh, has elder meetings on Saturday during the day, and he works Monday through Friday. And Mark Dever sometimes he can be very blunt uh, in a way that's <laughs> helpful. And I think he said something like, "If your church uh, if your church has regular things, uh, I think he, I think he might have said more than once a month on a Saturday, your church doesn't care about healthy marriages." And uh, <laughs> and I think maybe that's a little overstatement, uh, but I see the point. And I think there's some truth to that, that if we busy up the schedule like this, we don't care about parenting. We don't care about healthy marriages. We just care about people getting really busy at the church and supporting the church, having so many different marks of success that we can check off and say that we had 87 people at this thing. We had 48 people at this thing, rather than ensuring that our families are actually growing. But I'd also add, you know, I think practically we can do other things like, you know, we can provide models of a healthy way to do it. So I have a friend, uh, Lori, uh, that goes to our church and uh, she had, she had brought up an idea one time to me. She encouraged it would be a good idea to have some kind of family dinner night at our church a couple years ago. Uh, and at night where we all come together as families in the church, young families, and we eat together, we eat with our own kids, we have family worship time together, and we engage with one another. So it's kind of family dinner, but together. And it was, I think, a really special opportunity, and I modeled what a healthy approach to family dinner and family worship is. No, that's a cool idea. I actually read recently uh, of a pastor who was wanting to encourage families to have family worship, um, and I think he was encouraging them to do it around the dinner table because he thought, well, you're just that's something you're going to do. But then he found out people didn't even – they weren't used to having family dinner without you know the TV on or some sort of um, media coming at them. And, uh, and so he said, all right, so we'll backtrack here. And they started doing like once a month – they had Sunday night services. Once a month, they would have a family dinner where they would just have – everyone would eat dinner, but they would eat with their families. And then he would get up at different points and suggest things for people to talk about because just having a conversation at the dinner table together was foreign. And uh, I think that was a wise approach to just helping people along to, to you know, that we've talked about this before. I think we talked about some with David and Michael. You know, where we're at now is not as important as the direction that we're heading and the, uh, the vision that, that's there. And so um, that's a cool idea. <clears throat> um, yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. You look at the calendar and then be willing to cut or repurpose activities. We're trying to equip people and not, it's because like you said, a lot of times things just get added on and something else doesn't get taken off. Now, I mean, I had to have a conversation with someone one time that, well, why don't, you know, why aren't we doing this and that? And said, well, there's, um, you know, opportunity cost. Um, you got a limited pool of people that are helping. And so we can't just keep adding on stuff. Um, and so it, you know, and it comes down to it. It's not the church's job to be the discipler of the kids. We have a role for sure, but we, we can't put on so much that we're just telling the parents just, just back, you know, back off, drop them off. We got Mm -hmm. it. At some point you got to get the church calendar in a hacksaw. (laughs) <laughs> that is right. Um, so, and, and this question may get edited out. I couldn't really think of anything, but um, any resources that you would recommend, Tony? 
Yeah, uh, so to keep the podcast relatively short, I'm busyness, uh, I'm kid. Uh, I think one recommendation I do have is Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung, a book about busyness. Uh, and it's pretty short. I think it's around 100 pages, if not even slightly less than that. Uh, but I think it's a very biblical approach to rest, uh, as well as some practical steps to be less busy. That's, uh, I, I've, I think I may even have it on Kindle, I'm not sure. Um, but I've heard it's a, I think it's described as a mercifully short book it on is. busyness. Well, Tony, thanks for thinking together with me about this because I think this is a chronic problem. This one that you and I face from time to time and um, know that, that the families that, that we minister to and people that are listening, um, surely you are touched by this. And so um, I hope that this is something that the Lord will use to spark conversations. And um, you were calling people to uh, to master penance and, you know, people need to resign and <laughs> start selling their houses and, uh, you know, all that. So, um, but small it, it was decisions. A, what's that? Real small moves, right? That's right. That's right. Um, but those those were, um, I think, good things that needed to be said for people to just reflect on. So um, thanks again. We have an email address now. And so if you want to reach out to us, it is the TFM podcast at gmail.com uh, because TFM podcast was taken. So the TFM podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.